another episode of Soul Filling. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And today we want to talk to you guys about the weight. But before we get into that, there's been so much turmoil, so much hurt, and so much pain going on in our community. And you know, we cannot talk, we could not not talk about it because it's just been so heavy on our hearts, so we've been just trying to figure out the best way to address the what well, I can't even I, I can't even put it to words the evil the evilness that has been just torturing our community since we got here. Um, so if you don't know what we're talking about, of course we're talking about the murders of our black men and black women in, in America in the injustice that follows that, but also digging deep into the systematic oppression that indirectly hits all of us in the community every single day of our lives. And I don't know, I guess we're just gonna talk about how we feel at this moment. Kobe, Jazz? Yeah, yeah, I just think it's just, it's horrible, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, it, I don't want to say this, like, I want to be careful when I say this, but it's inspiring as well, because I think it's definitely inspiring us as a people to really, really unify. And unity for me has been one of the things that's just been so heavy on my mind, but not just unity, because, you know, I, I see, like, I'm watching social media, but I'm trying to, you know, limit myself from watching the social media. And I'm seeing, you know, us as Black people, we have, um, we all have different takes. We have different views. We have different perspectives of what's to, what, what should be done right now. And I'm not saying anything is right and anything is wrong, but I definitely love that we are actually doing something. Like, everyone feels like something needs to be done. So we're all... If we can't agree on anything, we all can agree that something needs to be done, that action piece needs to be taken. And for me, the biggest thing that, you know, I just, my heart goes out to all the families because right now it's just to see how, how desensitized as a culture, I see like that this, this, I'm so glad that this situation has, has made our awareness and made our, let's take action again. I'm, I'm happy to see protesters i'm happy to see you know people speaking out but it's just like i feel like like you were saying the the whole systematic this is systematic oppression and that word systematic that that's the piece i want black people to take out of all of this we need a system we need something strategic and calculated so that we can all get on one accord because there's a system, a strategic plan that's that they are using. I don't want to point for a specific person because I don't think it's all white people. I don't think it's all a certain group of people, but there is, I mean, I do think it is a specific group of people and they are systematically calculated. Like they, there are strategic plans in place to enforce the, the behavior that's been happening to our black sisters and brothers as a whole for for years and and like we all know it's just because of um social media and the camera platforms that we have at our hands now we're able to actually see it so i just think us 
I, I, I mean, what do you all think solutions that we could actually um, actually put in place? But I just know there there has to be some type of system for us to get in to get on one accord because when we unify, we're just so much more powerful. And if we can get on one accord, maybe we may not have to have all the same belief systems and maybe we may not have to all go out there and protest. But there is whether you're a protester, whether you're um, one that you, you use your platforms, there has to be some type of system, no matter what particular voice you use, we can all get on one accord and follow that system and still do your protest and still, you know, speak out at, at um, groups or whatever it is you feel like your voice is in the fight to do your course of action there has to be um some type of system in place or something because we were we talked about it when we talked about our system i can't remember what podcast it was when we talked about systems and how you can't compete against a system one person can't compete against a system to take a system down because if you have a system i mean one person can try to stand stand against that system but it's like a system works for itself you don't have to you don't have to do anything it's just gonna run itself and this i feel like as a nation and even with the president giving backings to this system um vocal speeches that's going on to the system to advocate for certain things that's being um done to us i just think is we have to get smarter and we have to get on one accord and have a strategic calculated system in place that's just my opinion that's what's just been running through my mind and I have some ideas, but I want to hear your thoughts later. I mean, ladies. No, I agree. Um, I think that there has to be, first of all, people, and this is going to have to happen all over the world. They, Everybody has to recognize that there is just a problem and it can't just be us as Black people. It has to be from other races as well. They have to recognize that, okay, there is a problem. And until they recognize that, then nothing is going to get solved. And um, but I believe that it starts with, you know, leadership and that's going to mm-hmm. from you know, the mayors, the police chiefs, the, the chief of police, the, the captains. And when I say this, you have to think about it. It's a, some posters that are going around. It takes a lawyer eight years to learn the law and the training, mm-hmm. the training to become a police officer is six months, y'all, six months. So it's no way that they're learning everything that they can learn and they're fast tracking a lot of that stuff and a lot of that information. So it is, I believe that it's going to have to be a continuous um, training, continuous implementation of programs and just, like I said, that leadership within the police departments because Mm. I can, I get it. I get how certain situations that you go into and I, I know people are like, oh, but you choose that job. That's the job that you chose and you just have to deal with it. But you have to understand that the situations that these people are going into and it can change and alter. You know, we just did that podcast on mental health and it can change how you view certain people. If you're going into a community and you're doing certain, certain things every day and you're seeing certain things, and I'm not saying that this is an excuse or a reason to treat people bad or to harm people or to hurt somebody but this aids into why some of the things that happen happen and it's because they they need some type of counseling they need some type of um just resources that they can utilize once they see something to say okay you know what this was that person just because this person might have done something harmful 
to themselves and the people around them doesn't mean that all black people are gonna do this or all right. that way. Um, and then also the accountability, like everybody has to, all police officers have to be on the same page when it comes to certain things. Because in the situation with George Floyd, it was three other cops there that sat around and did nothing. They allowed that to happen. And if I was in that situation, I'm not gonna sit around and let that happen. I'm gonna be like, hey man, you need to go chill out. You need to go sit in the car, take a breath, do something, I'll take it over from here. Let me handle this. But it was no accountability within that situation with no one. Everybody, Asian dude just sitting there, just letting it happen. Two other dudes kneeling on his legs. Like they, it has to be some type of change within here. Within yes. Here. For them to say this is not right and I do believe that it starts with the type of leadership within our country the, the head the president the mayors the people who are in charge of these groups because then in the last this is the last thing I'm gonna say that man had 15 other incidents 15 so there's no way he should have even been on the streets his um, chief of police whoever's in charge of him should say now you need to sit your ass in the office you need to do some paperwork until you can get yourself together you need to take a mental health day, something. I don't know. But it just mm. needs to go on like this. We can't. Mm. Kobe, and what you said, that accountability part is the fact, the fact of the matter is the re- the, if the chief didn't even, or whoever his boss is, let that go under, he, sh- he too should be, ha- have the accountability too. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, it's, have so many, things. I don't, I don't know where to start. So, um, <laughs> what, what I think about the whole system, because Jazz, you're right, this system has been built in America that is not for Black people. It's to oppress Black people and to uplift white people. Let's just say the, the system is made for them to prosper, but when it comes to us, it's not the same. And so the thing is, when these people are killing us in the streets, they aren't seeing us as Americans, even though we are. Mm-mm. What they're doing is terrorism, homegrown terrorism, but they don't see us as Americans, even though we built this country. And mm. so they have built a system that's for them and against us. They built a system when we were enslaved. So the thing is, the system, there could be good governors, there could be great mayors, there could be great presidents, the, the system isn't for us. So we have to tear it down and build it back up. I'm not saying that you, sh- you should still try to use the system as best as you can. You know, I still think more black people should be governors and senators and all that stuff so we could tear the system down from the inside out. But the system, if the system is made for our bad and there's good people in it, it's still a system made for our are bad <laughs> so we have to be strategic about tearing it down and just going to the police being six months and you're supposed to be protecting and serving us and serving. that it should be it should be seven years it should be four years and then they should be paid for that for for like a doctor if they're out here risking their lives but soon as you see a racist post soon as you see a racist incident i need an investigation to start i need your pay to be dropped i need you to be gone because or in jail or in prison 
and this shouldn't it can't even be three strikes you're out it's one it's one strike and you're on and you're uh on a, on administration two strikes you got you gone because it, it's because it's not you this is a job you still are alive you are killing people in this nonsense and they need to we need to hold them accountable I want the chief, chief gone. I want every person that was standing there gone. I need that man in, in prison, which he is right now. He's arrested and they're fired. But I need everybody who knew that he had 15. <laughs> right. Um, I need them gone. And I need that boss is gone. And I need them to bring in people like that. And I need them to set in. We have to voice our opinion and say, I need y'all to set in these rules and regulations because this can't happen no more. We. My mom was talking. She came in here um, when the the protest was going on. She's like, "Man, t- this is like the 1960s," and I was like, "Yeah, it is, but it's also like 2019, 18, 17, 16." I was marching in college for the same shit. Yeah. And the thing is, they say slavery was over, but they just changed the system. <laughs> they just renamed it, and so. They hate to see it though, because we still prospering out here and we're still killing it despite all this oppression. So just think if we need that oppression. So, so I'm sorry, I have one more thought. Girl, I got so much I need to say. So what I think we should do, like mm-hmm. you said, Jazz, we do need to be on one agenda. We do need certain actions that we take every time. And I think we're doing pretty good as of late. Like now we're knowing, okay, let's call the DA. Let's call these numbers so we can get these people arrested. Just they not holding them accountable. We're holding them accountable. You yeah. know, and we, that's one thing. Um, but I'm to the point where if you're not for us, I don't need you even in our neighborhoods. Like I don't, I want a police system that, you can't even come to my neighborhood unless you live here or something because no, um but and then and then I just think that so I do I don't know who to follow like right now Sean King um there's this other there's this black man who's like leading the protests in different cities and stuff like that I forget his name but he was just on the breakfast club but um I do think we need a leader so we can have a so we can know things we could do, but as individuals, I do believe God put us put things in our heart that He's telling us to do, and so and we can uplift the black community in different ways because this isn't just um, it's just so much deeper, and so everything mental, economic, um, financial, education, all of that is a part of the system. And so we have to do our part in whatever God gave us to really uplift the community and be intentional about that. Be intentional about everything in the black community. Be intentional of who you're buying from. Are these people um, supporting because supporting an agenda that doesn't serve us? Are you really intentional about the economic wealth of black people? <laughs> Are you really thinking, how can I spend my money where for people who care about my well-being? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. because money, I love that you brought up economics because, y'all, whether we want to believe it or not, 
and I'm reading this book by Robert Kiyosaki called the the guide to investing to financial investing something along those lines I forget the exact title but it's like a spinoff from the rich dad poor dad and in the book he says something so profound and he said the golden rule is and maybe I'm saying this backwards but he said basically what I took from it the golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules Mm-hmm. And black people as a whole, we have to get our wealth up. We have to get our economics up. We have to get our financial literacy up because that's what's putting people in office. The reason why Trump is in office, I'm sorry to say, guys, but money makes the world go round because he is a billionaire. He has other billionaires backing him. As black people, we have to create more, if not billionaires, millionaires, hundred thousandaires. We have to be able to stand on our two feet because if we don't have anything to contribute because think about it all political parties and campaigns they're backed by funding funding whether it's private funding major corporation so if we want to stand together and put a party together we're going to need some economics that can back that person up or those persons that we're trying to put into into the system so it's just like we have to first we have to change. And so, of course, we know we need to get wealth. We need to get money. How, how do we do that? If first, and in this book, it said that money is an idea. Money is in your mind. And he was like, if you can't look at $200,000, like that's a small amount of money, then you need to change your mind. And I said, well, damn, I need to change my mind. Because it starts in the mind. You don't, and, and I, and, I'm not knocking college degrees. We don't need college degrees. We don't need thousands of schools. Some things you will need school education. And that's what I don't want us to get confused. Not saying something. I, I want to be careful when I say these words because educate to earn wealth, you will need tons of education. It may not be necessarily institutional education that you may need. You may need to read um, audio books. You may need to read actual books. You may need to take a course. You may need to get a certification. You may need to. I don't know, whatever your journey is, you will need some type of education. So we need to understand the power of knowledge and not just the power of knowledge, but the power of applied knowledge. You can fill your brain up like an encyclopedia, but if we never put action into that, not that um, action into that knowledge that we learn, then it will just stay and it'll stay, you will stay stagnant and the knowledge that we learn, it will basically be useless because it's not being put to use. So um, another thing I really want to to address is is um, it's just like this this whole thing is just you mentioned it. Uh, I think both of y'all mentioned it, but um, it's just it makes me sick. Like at a time like this where life is more precious than ever, like we already have a pandemic killing people. And then yet we have law enforcement going out of their merely way to to to, to make sure our people. Our people, that's already quote unquote, which I barely, I don't want to talk about that, but just quote unquote going like off the, the scale. So I think what needs to be, what needs to happen, and this is, is going to sound like, I don't know what it's going to sound like, take it, take it as you will, but it has to, the change has to start in our minds. And this is hard to say, it's like, you, like, I can clearly go and look at someone and see that they're doing our people wrong, but we have to change, because I, I, and I'm, I'm I'm stemming off of um 
I think Jazz, she said this in, in a post that she posted on yesterday. Black men, as a Black woman, I really don't know what it's like to be a Black man. Because, you know, think about that men, they, they have to belittle themselves in a room to, to not feel threatened. I mean, not make themselves feel like they're a threat to other people. So we have to change that perspective in our mind. Like, and it's going to take some some years. I mean, it may not, I don't know how long it's going to take, but it may take some time before this to actually work. Because like Bob Proctor said, he says the best nation in the world is our imagination. So what we can imagine will then become our physical reality. So first we have to imagine Black people as a whole being billionaires, millionaires. We have to imagine them with the power. We have to imagine them, seeing them walk down the street and living in total harmony with with law enforcement as if, you know, that we that that we belong, like we have the right to be there. But on top of imagining that, we do have to be put in strategic action. We have to go harder than we ever have gone before, especially to fix our um not in fix, but to improve our economics so that we can have power because money is energy. Energy is power. And so the more power you have, the more you can actually put things in place so that you know you can have a say what goes and what doesn't go and it, because people will listen it's, it's sad to say but it's the reality of the situation and I know a lot of black people are we're putting our lives online right now and um and and I just it's just this is just going because I, I've been watching a little videos here and there on social media and they're you know encouraging people to protest and, and like saying like we need to know that y'all are going to have our backs if you know we do die, and then uh, the the burden of our family, the the funeral cost is not left on our family. I'm just saying we got to use the system. There's life insurance policies out there, million dollar life insurance uh, insurance policies out there. So you know, if you're gonna be doing things like this, you need to make sure you're covered. Like we have to take accountability for ourselves. Like there's so many systems out there that we could be using as individuals, as individuals instead of like. I definitely think it's important for us to come together, but if we all are bringing something to the table, our own resources to the table, we won't necessarily need to, to I don't know how, I don't want to say it wrong. We won't necessarily need, hmm, I'm going to just stop it right there because I don't want to say it wrong, but I just think we got to be way more smarter and strategic versus acting so emotionally and putting ourselves in bad situations without that protection in and strategic help and with a, with a plan to get out of certain things. If, if something do happen, we need to have things in place ourselves and not try to depend on the next person because that's what this situation is making me realize. We need to make sure we are protecting, we are protecting the, our loved ones with, you know, because we just never know. And so just making sure we're doing everything, our due diligence to make sure that we're bringing things to the table. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for, you know, to use the gifts and the knowledge that God gave you so you can't uplift them because some people don't know about life insurance. So there's a financial black person out there that, you know, there's tons of them, but we need more. We need more people to go into the communities and teach this. Like, you know about life insurance? Hey, do you know about credit? Do you know how they, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we could talk about this. Yeah, I know. And um, I totally agree with you, everything you're saying, Jazz. And to bring, you know, what you're saying back to the topic of the weight 
I think that it is so much power in waiting and making a conscious effort to address and eradicate this problem. And um, I have four points and four reasons why I believe there is power in waiting. And y'all are gonna laugh, but uh, it comes from the book, The Wait. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it's about sex, you know, and just, um, celibacy before a marriage, but some of the points in here are really good and you can translate them over into any situation in life where you have to wait for something. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if, you know, like I said, it's four, four, four points. So mates, if y'all like any of these points, please share it on whatever platform that you, uh, like and tag us. Okay. So four reasons why we should wait. Number one, because we want God's very best for our lives and we want it in whatever way he intended it. So sometimes, you know, we get, we do things our way, right? And it's like, you know what, I've done things my way for this long and it's gotten me, and you know, it might've gotten me some success. I might've achieved something, but it might not have as long as we wanted it to last or it might not, um, get us exactly where we need to be. So sometimes we have to just wait on God so that we can get where he wants us to be and have that everlasting joy, peace, happiness, everlasting um, eternal salvation, right? Um, Number two, the other reason why we wait, we get tired of doing the same things over and over again, but expecting different results. And it kind of goes into that last point. Once again, in the past, you know, we, Think about the riots and things like that. And I, once again, I'm not trying to take away people's right to speech, right to protest, do whatever you want to do. But, you know, we do these things and we act impulsively and it gets us hurt. It gets us um, disappointed, you know, whatever, backstabbing. We can apply this, to, like I said, to any situation, relationships. You know, we jump in dating the same type of guy. Mm. What? The same thing happens to us. We take these same roles, same positions at work, or we say, okay, you know what? No, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna help that. I'm not gonna take that job. I'm not gonna accept that uh, assignment. But what do we do? Mm-hmm. We take that assignment, end up doing the same thing, doing all the work and getting no credit. You know, <laughs> it's like we have mm-hmm. to talk about it over again and expect different results. So sometimes you have to wait and say, let me just pause, take a second, make a conscious decision. Um, number three, to exchange immediate gratification for what we really want and for who we really want to be. And that's hard. So once again, I told you the book is about sex. And so sometimes you're like, oh, God dang, you know, I just want to you know, yeah. see what he's working with. I want to see what's going on, you know. <laughs> but is that going to get you your husband? Is that going to get you mm. your wife, home partner, you know? Um, you just think about all the situations where you just can have with with money food you know just all the situations where you can just dive into something so fast and just for immediate gratification but it's like dang that didn't help me you know I just gained five pounds from that move that that meal this weekend just you know being greedy this whole weekend versus I could have just stopped and you know waited made a meal at home and been good you know 
And I do want to pause here for a second with the point and talk about, you know, intuition versus impulse, because I know sometimes that's where it gets hard. You're like, but my gut is telling me to do this. My gut is, you know, mm. to do this. But there's a difference. Impulse seduces. Intuition guides. Ooh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Impulse is an urge to act. Intuition is an understanding of whether to act. Girl, mm. mm. you better write this down because I need this all in That's our notes. It's all in our notes on uh online. logic, emotion, and instinct. So it's all of those things in one. It is our ultimate survival guide and success tool. So we have it, we all have it, but we have to tap into it. You have to understand and know the difference between this is an impulse and this is intuition. And lastly, intuition is not gonna tell you when certain, so if we in a movie, intuition is not gonna tell us that, oh, it's a zombie up ahead. Or, ooh, it's not gonna tell us that this guy is gonna cheat on us. This guy is gonna lie to us. It's not gonna tell you that it's a pandemic coming. Uh, next week it's not gonna tell you that you know your company is about to go bankrupt and you know things happen all the time but intuition shoot sorry i was getting the call intuition is gonna let you know whether or not you're on the right path so i said all that to say it's not gonna tell you what's up ahead but it's Mm. gonna know hey let me move right now. Let me change companies. Let me let me quit my job before, you know, they go under. Let me move my money before, you know, they go. You know what I'm saying? Intuition is yeah. going to tell you what to do, even though you don't know what's coming. You just like, good. Why I'm doing this, but I'm going to just go ahead and listen to God. Right? Yeah. And one of those skills that you have to cultivate by waiting. Mm. Last thing, and I'm going to hand it over to y'all. Number four. The last reason why you should wait is because maybe, just maybe, there is a way that God wants us to do things to bring us peace and what we want most. Just maybe. And sometimes, you know, waiting gives you a crisper mind, a clearer mind, like you were saying, Jazz, and you were able to. Um, I was looking at a video on Instagram of the Chinese and how they uh, riot in China. Girl, they have something that's that's called move like water. And when I tell you, if it's an ambulance coming, they just, the whole crowd part to let an ambulance come through. They are, you know, grabbing stuff and passing it down a line to, you know, get water and, and resources to people. They're barricading, mm-hmm. they're blocking them. Like they, what you were talking about, having a plan and doing riots and stuff, you need to look at them and understand and learn from them because they've been doing it for a long time and it's working over there. And they have a system. Mm-hmm. So when you sit back and wait, you you get to see, okay, maybe there's another way that we could do this that will grant yeah. us something bigger, bigger than just a little small step, you know? Mm. So that's it. That's Those good. Points that I got from the book. Those points, y'all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have a question. So what are some things other than waiting what are some ways that you all you? I mean, what are some things that you all do 
to to tap into your intuition? How do you increase your intuition? I think that increasing your intuition is waiting. Because, um, because it when I think about waiting, I think about faith. And, yes. Um, um, and so what I've noticed is waiting is a it's a byproduct of faith. Like we want to take things on our own. Like we want to hop into that relationship, force <laughs> that relationship. You know, we want to force us maybe moving out or force us. It's a like if something is not coming to you, I don't want to say easily. If something is just for force, mm-hmm. <laughs> usually not. It's usually that's usually a, a sense of desperation. Yeah. Uh, in a lack of faith, but once it's some, but when you're waiting, even when things are going wrong, you have a sense of faith. Like I know that I I know that I lost my job. I know that things aren't looking great, but I know deep down inside that if mm-hmm. this happens to me, that God has another plan. Okay, and I'm gonna wait, but not only wait, I'm gonna take wait and take action. Yeah, and listening to what God wants me to do. Okay, so He wants, He doesn't want me here. All right, and you're listening to your intuition, like, but but I there's this thing in the back of my head that I haven't done yet that mm-hmm. maybe He wants me to focus on. So I'm gonna move here. But it takes a lot of faith when you have to take less pay, or you you're doing something you've never done before, or you have to take an entrepreneurial route, or whatever that is. You know, um, and I just think your intuition gets even greater when you are waiting and you are silent and you do have the time to like think things out. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's good. I guess a better question should be should have been, what do you do during the waiting process? Yeah. And I love how you brought up faith because I definitely think building our faith. And what is faith? It's believing in something that's unseen. And right now, as a nation, we're trying to believe in 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 black culture being great, being actually protected and serving, having faith that our law enforcement system is going to actually protect them and protect us. And you know, during the waiting process, um. I definitely, I have a couple of different things I do. Like you said, sometimes I may just have to sit and it could be weeks until I get that guidance. It could be days until I get guidance. It could be a couple hours until I get that guidance. But I definitely think that sitting process and just sitting with yourself, sitting in silence, allowing God to pour into you just really truly aligning ourselves with God because right now we're we're constantly like scrambling we're in a state of of survival mode we're in a state of fear so all of these projected energies that we're omitting out into the universe it, we're attracting more of that back into us essentially so we definitely want to get into a clear headspace a clear space where we are we you know where we can attract the things that we do want um another thing I do when I'm waiting 
it depends on what I'm waiting for. But I think that we should we should plan um, because I'm I'm now I think this year the word plan has has just leveled up for the meaning for me because I never really truly understood how important plans are when plans are literally like a roadmap to wherever we want to go. And so if we have no plan, we don't know where we're going. It's just just like we we get in a car and we don't know, we've never been somewhere and we put in our GPS. That's like initially like the plan to turn right here and to go to the light, to exit there. That's a plan to get you from one destination to the next. And plans are even so important. People will pay millions, sums, thousands, hundreds, billions of dollars for a plan. And what plan might that be? A business plan. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing like you don't have to have the, the word, the saying that says it takes money to make money. You don't need money. If you have a solid plan, a plan that looks readable, simple, obtainable enough, someone will invest their dollars, their hard-earned cash. If you can prove to them with a plan, that's going to show them how this thing can be executed. So. I am starting to make plans and like writing out that, that five-year plan I was talking about. Um, he, in, in the book, the financial um, guide to invest in, he talked about like how most people that are not trying to aim for wealth, how they only plan to be comfortable or they only plan to be secure. They never plan to actually be wealthy. So you need three plans. You need a plan to be secure. You need a plan to be comfortable and you need to be wealthy because wealth is not just going to fall on your lap. You actually have to plan to be that thing. And so just like Kobe was saying, like, and instead of us, you know, doing the same things we've done, we have to put, and I think, you know, I don't want to discredit because I think there are leaders out there that has definitely been planning and that has been doing the due diligence, that has never stopped working, that has paved the way before us. And I'm so thankful to them, but I just know um, in the waiting process, <laughs> I got to stay on topic. I keep going back into to what's going on because it's just it's just passionate in my heart right now. But, I, um, but going back to the waiting process, what to do when we wait, I definitely think we had to create plans and those calculated plans will make our actions much more strategic and you know when when you when you actually have a plan, you kind of know the probability of the end result is kind of already known. You, you you won't go into something, and you won't like let's say you won't go in planning to get uh, uh let's see you won't go in to get to plan to get your let's say your oil changed and come out with a new radiator it just it don't work like that you get in what you plan for so I, I feel like if we have plans plans is like directed energy toward one thing you're more likely going to get back what you want so I definitely think planning is something I do when I wait and getting off of plans because I've been super super on plans another thing is just spending time in nature I feel connected when I'm when I'm in nature, it's just something about nature, y'all. Being with the sun, the the trees, plants, living things, the environment. It's just something about it that just really I feel like it heightens our senses. It, it helps us tap into to the God within, and and it just gives it strengthens our intuition. I honestly think. And oh, this is one thing I do: prepare to receive. 
what we what we want when we're waiting. So if we're preparing for a husband, or if we're planning for a husband and we're waiting and we say we're not gonna go and you know sleep with him even though he's fine and y'all connection, or if we're saying going back to the book, if we're saying we're not gonna you know act on certain urges and impulses, is because we're trying to create a space for that expectancy of what we want. We're saying by abstaining from, from this thing, by abstaining from taking radical action, by abstaining from, you know, taking impulsive action, by abstaining, we're, we're, we're putting our minds in a headspace to receive the thing that we actually are calling into our lives. And sometimes that preparation may look, it may look different for everyone. Like I was saying on one podcast, when I had to prepare myself to receive an adequate pay from my job when I wasn't getting com- compensated adequately, I had to prepare in my mind, like I had to increase my level of expectancy because at first I didn't, like I said, I didn't come from a family of wealth. I, I never seen my, I make more money now than my mom and dad combined. So it's just like, I wasn't expecting that. I, I never saw that in my mind. So I had to literally, you know, reprogram my subconscious mind. And it started with my thoughts. like. Um, my imagination, imagining my bank account receiving a, a certain amount on a certain day. And so during the waiting process, I just think we have to increase our expectancy for what it is we do want. And it's going to take a lot of, of self-work, a lot of imagination, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of that, you know, meditation, whatever it may be, whatever that looks like to you to really program your mind so that you can receive the thing that you want during the waiting process. Yeah. That's good. It's like, um, no, go ahead. You got it. You got it. Uh, I was just going to say that Aaron forgot. He said, Oh, so when you are like, you do have to have that belief and that expectancy and you do have to imagine that. And, um, it goes back to, um, always bring up the, my panic attacks when I, I used to get panic attacks when I was driving and um, I had to imagine being at home, you know, for me to get there. So there's so much power in imagining. And it, imagine sounds like, you're really manifesting. You're seeing something that's not there, which is, which is fake. And so you need that to to even put it in the atmosphere, to even have God act on it. Because how is he going to act on something you can't even see? And so can't even see in your mind. And so, um, and then it's just like, we always say faith activates God. He's like, oh, you're about to take this leap. That means you trust me. And, and so... Imagining those things and expecting those things is very important, like you said. Um, I did want to go in. Oh, do you have something to say? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like when Jazz was asking about what are we doing during the waiting, mm-hmm. um, you're becoming more self-aware. Well, I know that's what I do. I'm becoming more self-aware. I'm learning about myself. Um, I am taking in information. You know, with this situation by waiting and, you know, you you might get to learn more about this officer. Okay, we learned, oh, he didn't have some other incidents. Oh, you know, by sitting back and waiting, 
you allow some new information to come to you. You allow people to um, show their true colors. You like, oh, so that's who you really are? All right, <laughs> proving me right, boo-boo. You just showing me all the little red flags that I need to see, right? <laughs> You're giving um, your conflicts time to even possibly work themselves out. It's been some times where I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm gonna have to go pay this. I'm gonna have to do this, do that. And then, oh, it's taking care of uh-huh. <laughs> you know, just for me waiting, you know, um, being, during that time, you're being consistent, you're being disciplined. And, um, and I do want to go into these points just really quick, just a little bit deeper. During this time, you're practicing patience. And like you said, Jazz, strategic. Everything is strategic. And the thing is, patience is the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. This is a quote from Joyce Meyer. You're not just being patient and just like, hey, hurry up. Come on, God, you know, do this, fix this. But you're patient and you're happy. You're joyful. You're prayerful. So it's not a situation where you are rushing the process, but you're happy to wait, right? Um, The process of waiting is not one that's passive, that has to be passive. Like there's things like with this situation, we can call um, certain numbers, we can donate, we can um, petition, sign petitions. You know, there's so much that we can do during the process of, of waiting to make that, that right power move. Mm. What is one thing that I wanted to mention? I've mentioned um, letting things happen, right? So, so sometimes the situation will work out on its own. But sometimes when you choose, choose, when you choose to wait versus being forced to wait, mm. I feel like there is a power in that. And by that, I mean, if I wait until <laughs> my car, like I'm like, ooh, um, there's some things I need to get done on my car, but I wait till my car break down in the now I have I have to wait on my car to get fixed, right? Versus mm. I just took that initiative and took it in and got some mm. you do you see how my your mindset is a little bit different if you say, Okay, I'm gonna choose to do this, take this mm. action right now, versus being forced to take an action. Because when you're forced and your back is against the wall, you waiting. It's not fun for you because you're like, dang, I, does that make sense? Yes. Like, I could have did this sooner. I could have left this relationship sooner. I could have, you know, left this job. I had the opportunity to, you know, make this move or to join this group, but I didn't do it because, you know, I didn't choose to sooner enough. I, you know, I waited until it, I, I had no moves left. So now waiting, mm. your outlook on waiting is resentful and angry or mad that you have to wait. To be honest, sometimes when you are waiting, you do get resentful because yeah. um, kind of get mad at God. Like I could um, be like, what am I even waiting for? <laughs> like you could, uh, for sex, for example, people wait till they're, 20, you know, late in their age to have sex, and they're like, God, I'm doing everything right. Still ain't got no man, <laughs> you know? And so, but going back to having a plan, the re- why are you really waiting to have sex? Because you want someone 
your charity and value that you have a connection with and stuff like that. And so sometimes you just slip up and then, but then you start to realize, oh, that's why I waited because mm-hmm. <laughs> I waited because of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> because this person didn't value me, because this person, um, whoever it is like because i have this feeling afterwards and then you start thinking oh that's and you get back to like oh yeah that's what i was waiting for let me do it again and so um and so that goes to um my mom tells me this and i think i told y'all this um haste makes makes waste and um and when you are rushing into things where you're if you're going off the impulse Mm -hmm. um if, if you're rushing into things and you're going off the impulse, that really is gonna make waste in your life. And it, I'm um because if you're jumping into a relationship just because you know in your mind you need a man that you a man that is a certain type of way that's better for you, mm-hmm. but you are so in love with somebody somebody who isn't good for you, and you're like, let me just get into this relationship knowing in the back of your mind that's not good for you you're gonna be in that relationship for maybe three years or um 10 months whatever it is and then you realize you already knew this but mm-hmm. it's your time yeah. um so and then there's just a lot of situations like the other day i was mad at myself i was so hungry after work and i was like let me i saw this new little place i'm like let me go get some noodles out of there just ended up being $20 and I'm like dang I really could save that for um some home decor because I'm about to move out <laughs> you know what I mean and so but I was just so I didn't have a plan to what I was gonna I was gonna affordably get food after work because I knew I was going straight to Hermit Park afterwards I'm just saying you have you have time <laughs> that's what I want to tell people like you have time and when you are trying to do everything on your own and you're going on impulse, sometimes you're wasting time because of that. And if you would just wait it, if you would have just took your time and had that faith and belief, then things would be better. And I do know that it's not a, it's not really a waste. You're gonna learn from these situations. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I don't want you to have to learn. Sometimes you already know, so you don't have to go through it, you know? So I just say, I say, cause I've, I've been in situations so many, like where it's like, you're rushing this thing, you didn't have to. Like you said, most of the time things work themselves out when you're consistent and you just let God lead you. Um, so. No, but there's a few things you said that sparked something in me. Um, when you're waiting, you can use those resources and things that you would have been spending um, or, you know, like you say, waiting on sex. If you spend your time with this guy, now you can put your time and energy into um, your work, your side hustle. Put, instead of spending money on food, now I can put this money in towards an investment, in towards my apartment, my home, whatever it is. So during that time, you can, it just goes back to your building certain, you're able to put aside certain distractions and you are now becoming a person that God can trust 
with whatever he wants to provide you with. You know, he can say, you know what, I trust this person because now she's waited. She's using her resources wisely. And I trust her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust him. Yeah, I think yeah. what you're... Oh, no, go. Go ahead. Um, the other no, thing, I, is it gives oh. you time, sorry. It gives <laughs> you time to seek wise counsel. We just did this podcast on mental health. So this gives you time to maybe talk to somebody and figure out um, what baggage you might have and um, what you might be clinging to or what... You, you know, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody and figure some things out. So waiting will give you an opportunity to seek out other people. Um, a few um, Waiting can prepare you and control to avoid um, certain situations and to know your triggers. That's what I wanted to say. Waiting can help you to know your triggers because um, you are one of those people who see people getting married, see people having a baby, see people going through certain things, um, you might that might trigger you to jump into a relationship because you're like, oh, I want that. I want this. If you see somebody buying a house, ooh, let me go uh, start looking for a home. Let me start looking for an apartment. So you have to understand waiting can let you know, why am I even doing this? Am I doing this because this is me? This is the right time. I'm doing this because I'm jealous or I'm hurt or I want something... You know, I want something faster than what I what I'm able to do mm. that thing. You know, yeah. Mm. That's just the, my my last few things. Girl, you're moving in the spirit right now. Come on, y'all. Look, waiting the okay. to me is we have to change our view of waiting. Waiting is not a punishment. Sometimes right. we get into a place where we feel like, damn, God is punishing me for my past mistakes. That's why he, you know, um, that's why I'm, I'm I, this guy broke up with me and left me, you know, because he punishing me for what I did to old dude, what I did to old girl, you know? Girl, feel- I'll be thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not nice to that man. This is karma for all the people that I hurt. So God just going to punish me <laughs> for all I sin. No, <laughs> this is not what that is. Yeah. Waiting is not forever. You, know, you talked about that, Jazz. You know, just sometimes it happens in a few months. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes a few days, a few hours. You might bump into your man right, you know, in the line at the coffee store. You know, <laughs> if you, uh, and I'm making that. Hallelujah. Just because you ignored that phone call, you could have been on that phone call still sitting in the car, but because you ignored it, you got out the car. Now you get bumped into the man in your dream. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Girl, I want to talk. Girl. Oh my gosh. Waiting is not putting your life on hold. You know, sometimes we feel like, damn, I'm, I am putting my life on hold for this, waiting on a man in my dreams. I, I'm putting my life, I'm not getting this my dream job because I'm waiting on, or, you know, I'm not, I don't have a job because I'm waiting on my dream job. You see yeah. that? Uh, that you're I get that money. <laughs> you can still be actively working on yourself while you're waiting. So yes. it's not a really process. It's active. It's strategic, like you said, Jazz. Um, waiting is not weird. I know a lot of times Tiffany <laughs> is very <laughs> no, uh, adamant about celibacy. 
And that's something that you have done for a long time. And I know you probably meet people and they probably like, what? You do it? What? You want to wait for what? <laughs> and it can be weird to bring up, but it's like, no, you're not weird. You're not weird, Tiffany. Not <laughs> you do be feeling like, but, and that's what I've learned. Yeah. But I don't even think it's a mistake. But um, wrong with valuing yourself and valuing your body and valuing your life and saying, you know what? No, this is what I'm going to do. I'm this. The way. Yes. I want to say is because we okay. Two things. Because you were just talking about a weight is not a punishment, and I kind of wrote down the same thing. Yeah. Your weight is not your 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 weight is not a waste Mm -mm. because. And like you were saying, sometimes the things that you want so bad are a distraction. Yeah. Um, and so take this time to become the woman you really want to be. And mm. so it's like, yeah, you do want this thing. I really want this thing. But I also, <laughs> I also want to be paid. I also want to be living in my purpose. I also want to be doing the things I love. And wouldn't it be amazing? And while I'm doing that, I attract a man that's attracted to that, attracted to a woman I have become. Because I'm not that same person from three months. I'm not that same person from three months ago. I'm not that same person. So I'm going to need to attract a person who can handle me at my goddess level. And then, like you were saying, (laughs) in the way, like you're saying, it shows you that you value yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you value yourself, other people are going to value you. But if you're rushing into things, if you're desperate, you're attracting that. When you're, when somebody's desperate, don't nobody want no desperate woman. Like, even in a job, don't nobody's like, oh, being, uh, I want 60,000, but I'll take 30. Like, oh, you must not be that valuable. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's not powerless. Waiting is mm-hmm. not powerless because God has his hand on our life and he is working and changing certain things, changing certain scenarios for our good. And it's like, if you mm-hmm. wait and collaborate with God, like I said, versus when you wait and choose to wait versus when you're forced to wait, it, oh. You become powerful in that situation. You take mm. control of your life. You take control of the situation. That's good. That's good. That's it's good because it just makes me think like that waiting is causing us, is forcing us to be accountable. We're making ourselves be accountable for our lives. So when you're waiting, it's just like, I feel like you get what you wait for. You get what you plan for. So in the waiting process, you have to know this is why I am waiting. If it's a job, you got to know when you go in that job interview, be okay to walk away. Like Tiff was saying, why would you settle for that 30 when you know you, or did Kobe just say that? One of y'all just said that. Um, But basically like, you know that this is, this is your worth. You're you're understanding your true worth in, in, in waiting and being accountable, that's when going back to being strategic, that's when you're, it's like, I already know in my mind, I've already planned, I already made the plans, already set the plans. This is what I bring to the table. So why would I settle for you having a bad 
thing aside these why would i settle for you you know just trying to you know hook up like if i know in my mind this this is what i'm planning for why would i settle and accept so it's like hmm my my light bulb is gonna go off in my head i'm being my own accountability partner god is guiding me with that intuition and if you have a small circle a group a trusted friend circle they're they they too their alignment and their values are going to be pretty much in alignment with what you want for yourself as well they're gonna those red flags are gonna go off and they will actually the waiting process is gonna equip you with the knowledge the decisions that you need to make so that you can know whether or not this situation serves you or whether you need to walk away and it just goes back to me thinking like when i was waiting for a relationship and like you be tested by with the f boys because you know y'all know it was just on paper you know i met before i met my amazing man now i i did come across you know just a f boy and he was good on paper he was a chemist worked for a fortune 500 company sexy as hell like man just all play like and then you know, you, you dive a little deeper and you know, I've been waiting and it's just like, okay. But he, he talks to me like, that's not how my husband might be talking to me. Like he, he was not considerate. He wasn't compassionate. And I was just like, can I see myself, see him being the father of my, our future kids? And it was just like, no, but in that waiting process and me knowing like what I was expecting, like in the waiting period, you have to have that mind of expectancy. So when whatever you're expecting, when you get something that's not what you're expecting, you can say, hey, okay, this is this is not, you know, treating me like what I was worth. This is not paying me what I was worth. This is not, you know, in my plans, what, what me and God wrote out. So, you know, I'm gonna have to dismiss this thing. And so it definitely will protect you Versus, you know, like you were saying, rushing into a situation just because the next person down the line is doing it or you see on social media. And social media can sometimes make the waiting process be a little bit difficult because we we often see things and we see this and we see that. And, and you know, you, you just kind of just natural. Our human instinct is like, oh, I want that. But sometimes we really have to check ourselves. We have to go back to our our re recenter ourselves, become self-aware and really dive into ourselves and see like, is this really what I even wanted? Is this what I'm waiting for? And then we'll, most times we'll see like, okay, that, 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 I don't even want that. I don't even need that. That wasn't even something that I even have written down or even haven't had in my mind. So it's just like, don't get caught up in 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 the loneliness don't get caught up in in the desperation don't get caught up in the like you were saying t tiffany the desperation and and things of that nature because and that what other people are doing other people are and what other people are doing right because that like your mom says haste makes ways those fast decisions and the comparing ourselves just making sure we're accountable and we're staying in alignment because when you're in alignment there's no way you can lose there's no way so just make sure we're centered making sure we're centered yeah that's so true mm -hmm. i think the last thing i want to say is just talking about just the way when things come to us easily sometimes we don't we take them for granted mm -hmm. um, and and that's with anything when 
that comes to you easily. You just take it for granted. So you are in the way, but you best believe when a husband comes, ooh, ooh, I'm gonna love that man. I'm gonna cherish that man. I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure we have a prosperous relationship. When I get my apartment, I'm gonna take care of that apartment. I'm gonna decorate it. I'm gonna clean that apartment. <laughs> and the guy who's waiting for me, since he's waited for so long for me, he gonna cherish me. But if I just throw myself at him, is he gonna cherish me? Is he gonna value me? Or is he like, well, that was easy. And I'm not saying like I I don't think that people I don't I don't think like if we're talking about going back to sex I don't think that if you have sex on the first date that someone that a guy's just gonna like throw you away or anything like that but it goes back to that intuition and that impulse what what is the decision made out of is it made out of a safe space like oh yeah I could tell he's gonna value me you know I could tell he's gonna be there I feel comfortable. As in, as if you're throwing at him like, oh, I just have an urge to feel, or maybe this would keep him here, or whatever it is. So I'm not saying like I don't, I really don't care about you know, you got sex on the first day or sex on the when you get married. I don't care about it, but it is that sense of knowing who's gonna value you. Yeah. So, if you're going into, if you're making act, like, think about, like, that's why it's different to wait so you could think, why am I really doing this? And can I wait longer? You know what I mean? Like, and like you were saying, is what I want matching up to the action I'm about to take? Is it the, is it going to equal the result to the action I'm about to take? So I just think there's so much power in waiting. And I think that when Kobe said, um, Joyce Meyer said, we need to wait happily. We really do because life, in life, we're going to be waiting on a lot of things sometimes. We're going to wait till that business to blow up. We're going to wait till we get our job, our man, our, you know, certificate, whatever. But in all these things, like a degree, we have to work for And we have to wait. Well, we went through four, we went through four years of college. We went through four years of high school. We got to college, you know. And Everything we have to work for, but if we're constantly sad while we're in the way, I don't feel like that's gonna attract the results that you want. And it's just like we just have to be happy because life is here. So if you rather you're at the job that you like or you're not at the job that you like, I'm gonna need you to be happy there because you deserve to be happy in this moment. Mm. So that's good. Uh, Last thing I wanted to say is just. In the waiting process, I know we often talk about waiting, but I want to make it clear that you get what you prepare for. So if you're preparing to have a successful business and you're waiting, and of course, during the waiting process, you're being strategic, planning, learning the information, knowledge, applying that, then you're eventually going to get that. And of course, being happy in a spirit of happy and in a spirit of expectancy. If you're waiting for uh, a significant other, then you're going to get that thing. If you're waiting for a home, you're going to get that. So making sure in the waiting process, we're very intentional about what we're waiting for. So set the intentions so that we can get the very thing that we want. So I just wanted to make sure we're being intentional about the waiting process. Yeah.
I mean, while we're in the waiting process. Yeah. Yes. And my closing points, um, I just want to bring everything back together. Um, number one, life will change. Your life will change dramatically when you wait um, because God will bring into full manifestation what it is he has in mind for you. And that's regarding your career, your finances, your um, health, um, creativity, just whatever it is, whatever category you are waiting on something for, he will accelerate it and um, advance it when you're waiting on him. Um, the next thing is you become more patient. Like I said, you talk just when you're patient and you're waiting, um, you begin to honor God's timing and his methods. Because sometimes, you know, we just, we don't think about those things. We, we don't, when we're just going through life, just doing things our way, we start getting relu- reliant on us. And so mm. waiting can put things in perspective for you and to honor God more. Um, because it just it's just it's some things we can make happen and some things it's like you know I need you God I need you to move people change some minds I need you you know so we have to re- recognize and realize how important God is in our lives um make peace with our past I know I talked about um when we were waiting sometimes we think it's a punishment and it's it's not but you you do have that time to say, okay, you know, come to peace and make peace with the decisions that you made. Mm-hmm. You know what? I did that you know, before. I'm better. I'm smarter. I'm wiser now. And um, you can make more sound decisions from there on out. Um, like I said, it puts you back in control. Um, it pulls the right people to you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my mom used to say this all the time. If you set this standard for yourself, right, the people around you are either going to have to conform to you or you are going to adjust or um, retreat back to your old habits and your old habits. So when you are firm in whatever it is that you are doing, people might fall off. People might start dropping like flies, but hey. You get to know who is for you and who is not. And it's, it's beauty in that. That's um, good. The next thing, like you all have said. Yeah. Because um, I was talking to my friend a little about this, just about everything. We're talking about relationships, jobs, and stuff like that. And she was like, to, what, you have to realize, like, once you let go of those things, that's when of those people, sometimes of a job, that's when God is going to, you have made room for God to give you exactly what you've been waiting for. And a lot of times, wait with attachments to people, places, ideas in our heads that don't serve us. Mm. But that's what's, that's what's making the wait so long. Exactly. So, yeah, that's good. Um, just going back to what y'all said in a soulmate surprise, I am officially 12 weeks pregnant today. <laughs> oh, you got I gotta keep it oh my god, gotta keep it a secret, gotta keep it a secret. Um, but like you were saying, Tiff, you know, just going back to the whole sex thing, you know, when you wait, it reduces 
the risk. You know, I think about my situation and it's no regrets. You know, I, I love, love Kyle, love my future baby. But, you know, sometimes when you wait, um, you reduce that risk of having a, a and I'm like I said, this is not my thoughts, but you would reduce that risk of having like an unwanted or early pregnancy, you know, getting certain STDs, you know, sexual transmitted disease and all those things. But um, so waiting in a sexual manner, sometimes reduce those risks. Just when you're waiting on anything else, it reduces the pain, the heartache, the drama, the conflict, um, just expenses, money. So sometimes, you know, you can save yourself a lot just by waiting. Um, wow, that's good. Stay, stay. Yeah. Um, waiting reveals those triggers. I know I hit on that. Um, just people, circumstances, you have to understand the people the circumstances and the situations that weaken your ability to main, maintain your commitment to whatever it is that you are trying to wait on, right? So if you, just going back to that thing, if you're waiting on a man, but then you see somebody with their man and that makes you feel something, you have to understand that's a trigger. Mm. Somebody making money and now you rushing into stuff, doing silly stuff, you know, gambling your money and trying to, that's a trigger. <laughs> you have to understand what are those things that are making me adjust and prolong, like you were saying, just prolong that wait time. Um, you gain, gain clarity. I forget what podcast you're talking about it, but uh, sometimes when you, when you get sexed up, you get digmatized. <laughs> and do, and do, been foggy. Foggy. Just Foggy. Ain't that bad? <laughs> <laughs> knowing you crying, knowing you sad. I deserve this. This is what I deserve, but it's like you deserve this, but you deserve that attached to something else, too. That part. So sometimes full picture. So that you have that clarity and you can have that knowledge. So just wait. Sometimes it's just good to wait, y'all. Um, That's good. Y'all, okay, y'all. This, this is seriously it for me. The greatest. <laughs> I know, I know. And we don't want you to stop. We don't. Girl, we don't. <laughs> Take your time. The greatest benefit of waiting is you get to reprogram. And this is from the book. I'm, I don't want you all to think this. these are my thoughts. These are all points that I wrote down from the book. But waiting reprograms your pleasure software yes psychologists and anthropologists have studied self-controlled and delayed gratification um for example y'all been seeing that toddler food challenge going around where people are like you know putting food in front of their toddlers walking off telling them to wait and then come back to see if they really ate if they ate the food right so I don't know if y'all seen it but if you have mm-hmm. I'll send y'all some because y'all looking like what what you talking about psychologists on toddlers where they gave them the option of okay you can have one piece of candy now or whatever it was fruit or something or you can wait I'm gonna you know come back and then you could have two pieces so they found that children who waited for the two pieces had the ability to say no to immediate short-term pleasures as adults. It was linked to better mental and physical health, greater academic success, and more refined social ability. 
So there is power in waiting, y'all. Like, mm. Real power. You get to reprogram, like I said, that um, pleasure software. It is something about. Girl, can I just do a, a quick spin off on that? Yeah, girl, because that same thing is applied to finances, like the whole instant gratification. Either, you know, I can keep this hundred dollars and hold on to it and spend it on my favorite pair of shoes or whatever. Or you can put that same hundred dollars into a business. And I love how Robert Kiyosaki talks about this and where there's your own business and you can fuel it and then make your he calls it making your money work harder for you so that later that compound interest can bless you with an abundance so that same hundred dollars that you want to keep right now or you can wait and 10 years down the line that that could be worth a thousand dollars so i love that you brought up that instant gratification because it's real that's good because self-control is what they call a master virtue and this is you can exhibit a high degree of you know self-control you feel better you have a higher self-esteem you can deal with anger and uh, other negative emotions more productively so it's just something about waiting and you know just how much power and control it gives over your life and your emotions and your impulses um last you know thing on this point is you know they talked about fleshly pleasures so things um, that give us satisfaction through food, sex, spending money, um, feeling superior to others. That is a desire. Uh, pause and you know something. Amy Cooper, you know, just the reason why cops do some of the things is because they want to feel superior. That is mm. that is a fleshly pleasure. And that's why some of these impulses and the things that they do, oh, you made you ran, you made me have to run. So now I'm gonna beat you. Now I'm gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you resisting? Now I'm going to have to, uh, Amy Cooper in the park. Oh, you telling me what to do? Even though it's signs everywhere that say, put your damn dog on a leash. You telling me what to do? Oh, now I'm going to call the police and have them come get you. You tell me what to do? I'm a white woman. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> pleasure, y'all. It's definitely a soft spot in our heart. It is. It is. But they can lead to destructive um choices and addictive behaviors okay but when you can i side note that though uh-huh what yeah 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 because, no. i don't think police if you uh, if police should not if you stop if you have a desire for power i feel like you should not be a police officer either because you're gonna abuse that power exactly exactly use their power parking in the middle of the street blocking stuff for no reason Mm -hmm. anyways that is part of the guidelines if you got uh abusing power if you just hungry for power you should be hungry to help protect and serve okay yes right right But look, that comes between the difference between fleshly pleasures and spiritual pleasures, y'all. So spiritual pleasures evoke our highest, our higher qualities, the ones that move us. Spiritual pleasures are the ones that move us to do the will of God and that align us with what he wants for us. So generosity, discipline, fidelity, compassion, self-sacrifice, acting ethically and honestly, holding each other accountable. That's what we need more of is more spiritual pleasures. And I really do think that that would change everything. But um, 
you know, it's I think about even with soul feeling podcast gives me soul feeling podcast gives me a sense of a spiritual pleasure because there are times and don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect with it. There are times where, you know, I want to spend time with my family, spend time with Kyle, and I do do those things, and I don't I neglect soul feeling, but when I do choose to do the right thing, and you know, mm. we change lives, we get those messages, we get those retweets it gives me a soul deep sense of worth, you know, when you're mm. able to do things right. Yeah. A soul it, sense of worth. Worth. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a external. It's yeah. not external. Is that, and it's soul eternal. Body. And it lasts, it feels your body, like, it, it's, it's so meaningful much, work. It's, mean, it's so much meaningful and so much more powerful than that quick fix of whatever it is that you want. And right. I think we just have to find that balance and um, just when we choose to deny our flesh and our spirit, I mean, and just work and moving towards work, the spirit, then we're able to make those big steps and big strides that God has for us. You know, I think yeah. of when you commit yourself to a weight loss program, you know, just how much sense of worth and pride you feel when you're like I did that I stuck with it when you're able to you know what it was some points in here when you're able to um budget and save money you know like you were saying Josh just you look down the line and you have that social in your eye or whatever all those funds right that sense of dignity you have um when you're able to pray and meditate consistently just how much more powerful you feel when you're able to do those things. When you're practicing uh, celibacy, how it eliminates those distractions and how powerful you feel from that. Um, when you're able to help others in need, that sense that you feel, you know, when you're able to help. Um, when you're mentoring and giving back, God can mentor and give back and pour into you. And then lastly, I mean, that's it. That's it. Because when you're able to do those things that you know that you're mm -hmm. supposed to do, you're able to reap the benefits that you really want. Mm. Oh, that's good. Tiff, did you have anything else? Okay, yeah, yeah. guys, if this is your first time to, oh wait, let me rewind. We just had such a good podcast on my lovely place. All right, what time is it? It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. Y'all, if this is your first time tuning in on the Soul Feeling Podcast, we always, 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 always end our podcast with a positive affirmation. So what the heck is an affirmation? An affirmation is any positive or negative statement you are using to transform your life. Either you're transforming your life for the good or you're transforming your life for the not so good. I'm sure you heard people say things like, I'm sick and tired. I'm broke, um, all these other negative things. But instead, we're going to transform the way we have our positives, I mean, our self-talk and transform it into positive things. Like I'm getting better and better every day. God always makes a way, you know. Um, even in the Bible, it states, let the weak say, keyword, guys, you got to say it. Let the weak say, I am strong. So on those days when you're feeling weak and down and out and all these negative emotions, still speak power over your life. I'm affirming that there's a trillion, a billion, maybe a million or a zillion of y'all out there tuned in 
and we're gonna go ahead and end this thing off with our positive affirmations. Who wants to go first? I am worth waiting. Yes, you are. I am waiting on God's divine opportunity, and I am taking actions immediately. Opportunities. Let's make that plural. I trust God and I am waiting patiently on him to move in all areas of my life. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I I know my soul was fed and I know I need to hear all of you doing. And I just pray that we're able to just move through this time with just harmony. Um, I'm praying for all y'all's peace and we're gonna get through this this time better than ever. Real change is about to be made. And I don't know guys, just know that we're here for you. Um we're gonna be working to make our community better. Yes. Love you so much. Um, make sure you're sharing this episode so good. <laughs> and, uh, Follow us everywhere and please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you look through there. And write something soulful and sweet that will really help us get higher up in our ranking. Um, so more people will hear this message. It's just so important to write those reviews and give us a five-star rating. The more we get those, the higher people in the ranking. And just continue to reshare, retweet, repost. It really does bring more people to soul feeling, and we're very grateful for that. So we love you guys so much. Soulmates. We love y'all. Bye.